0: attention this evening to the book of Romans, chapter 6. Book of Romans, chapter 6. And we are looking at this evening the <clears throat> subject of the ordinance of the church, baptism, are four essential things to scriptural baptism. We said the first is there must be the proper candidate to That is, someone who's been saved by God's grace. Must be done in the proper mode. That is, there must be an immersion. And then, obviously, there must be an immersion. That is, a bringing out of the water. Um, We don't leave them in the water. Christ was not... he He didn't die and was buried. He rose again. And we... Also, have to have the proper authority. And I marvel how many Baptists have forgotten that. Who chase after these reformers and think that they're something. And these radio preachers, because they preach the doctrines of grace, but they don't have church authority. And they uphold these men as if they're something, but think so very, very little of their own preachers, their own pastors, and other men who preach the whole counsel of God. That's right. These men do not believe in the proper authority of the Lord Jesus Christ right. and His church. They are not scriptural preachers. They are not biblical men. They will not be in the bride of Christ. <coughs> And I have a hard time believing, based on the authority of God's Word, that God has called and given these men to false church. Why would God give one of His men to a false church to pastor it? Makes no sense whatsoever. And so we looked at that you have to have proper authority. And then tonight we're going to look at that you have to have the proper design or the proper reason of baptism. In Romans chapter 6, and we've noted this before, <clears throat> verses 4 and 5, that baptism is symbolic. The Lord's Supper is symbolic. There is no saving efficacy. There is no grace imparted in, by way of salvation Uh, in this capacity. I believe God gives grace in order to observe them, to submit to it, and to partake of. But He doesn't impart grace as far as saving through these ordinances. It takes the grace of God to do anything that God's Word says and do it properly. It takes the grace of God to assemble in His church and to worship Him properly. I can probably, uh, uh, with great accuracy, say that I've physically assembled, yet not worshipped God. uh, uh, As we've come into the house of God, we're here physically, but we don't worship. We're not spiritually here. We're not sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And we don't even recognize... As was brought out this morning, him walking in the midst of the lampstand. And, and so it takes grace to worship. It takes grace to submit to, as, as David wrote in the 119th Psalm, the precepts and the statutes and the commandments and the laws and, and all of them. And it takes God's grace to submit to baptism. It takes God's grace to follow Him and put your lamp upon the lampstand become a member of the Lord's church. And you remember what Paul said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Some people do frustrate the grace of God. He gives them grace and they don't use it to do what God says. And they will stand accountable and I'll stand accountable. And so will each of us. Because we're going to give an account of the, as stewards of the grace that God gave us to do what He says. It's not, stewardship is more than just finances. It's everything. You're going to give an account, I'm going to give an account, what we did with our left hand, what we did with our right hand, what we did with our eyeballs and our ears and our mouths and our tongues and our feet and everything. We're going to give an account of everything. And So we want to look at here, and I begin. I believe that everyone who God has saved he gives grace to submit to scriptural baptism. Whether or not they do that, we know all don't. Here in Romans 6, verses 4 and 5, it says, Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. But like as... Notice that word. Like as. We aren't literally buried with Christ. I've never been buried not yet. The Lord doesn't return. I will one day be buried. But it's a figure. The word like is a, in the English language is a simile. And here it's like as. It's, it's making a comparison. And it's showing here symbolically that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. So I want to ask the question and answer it tonight is what is the proper design or the proper reason to be baptized? I had a a, a friend of mine that I worked with in in Kansas and we were sitting down and and we were having a conversation. He's a big fan of of uh, Duck Dynasty, and that's neither here nor there. We'll not go down that road. But he was telling me a story about how some individual, uh, through the course of events, and uh, had allegedly been saved, and he came down there and he was visiting with the people in charge of of, of that dynasty, and and he told me, he says, well, I'd like to be baptized. So they took him out back in the river, the creek, or the pond, or whatever it was, and baptized him. And I said to him, I said, well, hold on just a minute. And I had hoped that we were going to have a conversation about the Lord's church. And I said, he doesn't have any authority to baptize. I said, you see, only authority was given unto John the Baptist and under the Lord's church, you can't just take someone who comes to you and says, Well, I'm saved and I'd like to be baptized and go and baptize them. I said, What well, if it was really to be done biblically? He needed to present himself before the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as an individual who was saved and request uh, to be baptized. He, and my friend said to me, He says, You mean to tell me? that if this was on a Thursday, he had to wait to Sunday to be baptized. What if the Lord came back on Friday? That man would have died and went to hell because he wasn't baptized. And I said, hold on. So I had to switch gears to have another conversation. This is the, one of the prevailing thoughts. It has been since before I was born. The proper reason, the proper design of baptism is not to wash away sin. It is not to complete one salvation. And I understand and I've read and I've heard all of the arguments of the Campbellites. And they're a big proponent of it. So is Catholicism and a great deal of... of Uh, Protestantism, all those who believe in baptizing infants, and the theological term for that is pedo-baptists, whether they're Baptists or not, but all who believe in baptizing infants believe that somehow this washes away sin. It is a horrific and false teaching that we should have nothing to do with at all. It is a damnable heresy that is offensive to Jesus Christ. The proper reason for scriptural baptism is twofold. One is that we do it because Christ commanded it. We do it because it's symbolic of what has already taken place. And the second is to become a member of His church. And in both instances, it is symbolic. Many people walk in and through these doors to this church. It does not make them a member of this church. Baptism symbolizes that one is dead unto sin and alive unto Jesus Christ. Baptism puts one into the door, or into the membership of the church. It is the door of the church. Look over in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. How is it that these things have come about? How is it that folks have uh, uh, come to this erroneous, false, satanic belief That baptism somehow cleanses sin. Sin is not like dirt. I mean, you don't get to take a bath and sin goes away. If that's true, then the man who lives closest to the water is closest to God. Matthew 22 and verse 29. Again, how did these things come about? Jesus answered and said unto them, "...you dare not knowing the Scriptures..." nor the power of God. It takes the power of God to cleanse from sin. Why even the Jews said when Jesus spoke concerning the individual, and He said, uh, take up thy bed and and walk. And and He he healed people. He says, thy sins are forgiven. And they said concerning Christ, only God can forgive sins. And yet some would have you and I to believe. That there's something magical about this water when it enters into this tub, or enters into some font, or enters into some cup. And an amazing thing. In fact, you'll find every person who has ever baptized in scriptures did it voluntarily. They didn't have to be forced to do it. They didn't wasn't done against their will. They wasn't done kicking and screaming against them. You can take two seconds on YouTube or Facebook and you can find where they're trying to uh, sprinkle or immerse some uh, infant or child and that baby's screaming its head off. In fact, there was one where a priest slapped the baby across the face because it wouldn't submit. Can you imagine that being done? The Bible says that they err not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. They don't know that the Scriptures very plainly and very, very clearly teach that baptism is a figure and that it takes the power of God to wash away sin. Look over if you would in 1 John. How is it then that the Scriptures declare that sin is to be removed? Is it possible for water to do it? Certainly not. If it was possible that water could cleanse sin, then why did Jesus shed His blood? What a horrific thing that if our sins could be washed away by uh, by water, that God would take His perfect and sinless Son, Jesus Christ, and offer Him at Calvary. What a needless and horrific thing. 1 John chapter 1, the Bible tells us in verse 7, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the what? And the water cleanseth us from all sin? Certainly not. No, the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. You see, that's what Scripture dictates. That's what Scripture tells us. No, it is a gross and, again, satanic lie that people have gone into. Even some of the verses they'll use. Look over to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And I don't have time this evening to go into this verse in depth. We will handle it at another time if the Lord leads. But I want to point something out here. In 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 18. And I always, you know, people in Campbellites are great at this. They take one verse, not the context, but one verse, say it proves something that it doesn't prove. Whenever someone quotes a verse to you or brings something up to prove something that isn't biblical, stop, back up, and read the context in which that verse is in. And 100% of the time, you'll find that verse is not dealing with what they're talking about. In 1 Peter 3 and verse 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he, Notice that, that he, not baptism, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water." And boy, isn't that something? They'll just stop right there and say, See, they were saved by water. Well, let me tell you something Noah was never baptized, right. baptism did not exist in that day. The next verse they like to use as well, and it says, and This is where they miss out the like figure. The like figure. You know what that means? It's symbolic. It's symbolic. The like figure we're unto even baptism doth also now save us. And then notice what Peter says. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. That's not what baptism does. It doesn't put away the filth of your flesh. The filth of your flesh is a spiritual thing It is inside you, in your soul, and in your heart, and you have a dead spirit. Water can't make that come alive. Water can't cleanse that. But the blood of Jesus Christ does and will. In fact, Peter goes on and says, What is baptism but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Boy, isn't that something? That's what baptism is. It's the answer of a good conscience. What a marvelous thing. How plain Scripture really is. In fact, and I'm not trying to go against what Scripture says, but pull out, pull out the parentheses in this verse. And verse 21 says, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What is it that, again, baptism is a picture of? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. It's the like figure of it. This is what Peter is teaching. It's not baptism that saves. It's what it's what it's a like figure of, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what saves us. Him dying for our sins, Him being buried, and Him rising again, taking His blood yonder to the throne of God and as our high priest presenting it in the Holy of Holies. There are many verses that many use. We'll not go into them all. We don't have time for that. If you turn over to Acts chapter 2, it's not our duty to go around and... <clears throat> point out all the things that folks use wrong. If we spend all of our time dealing with all the errors of Mystery Babylon and the harlots, we never get around to preaching the Word of God. In Acts chapter 2, on the great day of Pentecost, Simon Peter is preaching. And in no way, shape, or form does Simon Peter say that you have to be baptized in order to have your sins remitted. He says in verse 37, Now when they heard this, that is when they heard concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now anyone who knows the English language knows that the word for here does not mean in order to. This does not mean repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in order to that your sins be remitted. I have a very old book I'm going to quote from. It's The Historical Baptist Position on Baptism by Berlin Hissel. I think I've seen it in just about every Baptist church I've ever been in. and about every Baptist preacher's library. And you'll see how old it is in just a second. He says, If I say that Adolf Eichmann was hanged by the Jews for killing millions of Jews, do I mean he was hanged in order to kill millions of Jews? No. If I punish my children for disobeying me, do I punish them in order that they will disobey me? No. They were punished for disobeying me, or because they disobeyed me. And so the language of the Scripture says, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for or because of the remission of sins. It's a grammar issue that we have in addition to a spiritual issue. People don't understand basic English language. We find here that the Scriptures make it very, very plain. Peter urges the people to repent of their sins, and because of this repentance, they are to be baptized. Not be baptized in addition to repentance, so that they might have remission of sins. See, the see, the proper reason to be baptized, and I'll say this, on the second Sunday in May 1999 when the Lord saved me, and I requested scriptural baptism, I did it because I knew that that's what God commanded. And because I wanted to be a member of His church, and that's pretty much All I knew about baptism. He had saved me and I wanted to follow Him. I was already saved. It was all done and over with. The new nature had already been given. Turn over to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Here's a tremendous thing. If, if baptism finishes salvation, then how come before Saul of Tarsus, who becomes the Apostle Paul, or his name is changed, then how come before he's baptized, he's called Brother Saul? Why isn't he called half brother Saul at best? If he's not all the way saved until he's baptized. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized." He's already Brother Saul. When anyone comes and they've repented of their sins and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're already brother or sister so-and-so, aren't they? That's why when someone's saved, we extend unto them the right hand of Christian fellowship. But upon their baptism, we extend unto them the right hand of church fellowship that's a closer bond than Christian fellowship because a church is a body and a Christian is a brother or a sister. It's a family. You can't get closer than a body, can you? No, we read in the Scriptures here that the reason and the purpose of baptism is to follow the Lord. We also find, if you'll turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter (coughs) chapter 12, and other men have written wonderfully concerning this verse (coughs) and have expounded it better than I. But we want to show here that the purpose of baptism is to submit to the command of Jesus Christ. Not to wash away sins, and and we know this. This is nothing new for really any person in this room, or, or it shouldn't be. Not the reason. You might see some things in some verses tonight you hadn't seen before, that the Lord hadn't revealed to you yet. And maybe it'll be a refresher to us. Maybe this week the Lord will lead you to somebody that you can have a conversation with who needs to know the great truth of salvation solely and wholly in Christ. And then the truth of following Him in scriptural baptism. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is beginning to enumerate about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now you and I know that there's no such thing as a universal invisible body. That's an impossibility. So he's talking here about a body and a body can only be in one location. can only be local. I'm right here behind this pulpit. I'm not next door at the parsonage. I cannot be at the parsonage and in the church house. This church cannot be in two places. And so here we have assembled together as a body. And each one of us are body parts or members. And again, one of the problems is is that so many uh, folks in the Lord's churches they think it's like a club. And you're a member. It's not a club. It's a body. And you're a member as a body part. That's what that's referring to. So everybody has a role, if you will. Everybody is to supply in that body. Excuse me. He says in the next verse, verse 13, For by one Spirit... Are we all baptized into one body? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been, or excuse me, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now, so many want to say, well, this is talking about the invisible universal church and Holy Spirit baptism. You know, Holy Spirit baptism, happened there on the day of Pentecost, didn't it? That was it. We find the Spirit of the Lord coming upon the Gentiles when Cornelius was saved, but we find the baptism of it on the day of Pentecost with the Lord's church. That's it. That's the only time. Baptism only has to be done one time if it's done properly. And I don't believe Jesus messed up the baptism of His church on the day of Pentecost. I don't believe He did it wrong. So it had to be done once. What this is teaching us is the same, it's the same language up here on the church covenant. I'm not trying to interpret Scripture by the church covenant. Don't misunderstand me. But it says, having been led, as we believe, by the Spirit of God. And it goes on and it talks about we've entered into a covenant with one another. An agreement, a compact, a contract with one another. The words here in First Corinthians 12:13, for by one spirit meaning everyone when you were saved and you submitted to scriptural baptism at that church, it was because the Spirit of God was leading you to do so. and you were baptized into that body. And per adventure, you've moved your membership, as I have twice. It's done by letter, and if letters weren't permissible, in the rarest of circumstances, statements are taken. And it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, whether you're red, yellow, black, or white, male or female, whether you're bond or free. Because we've been all made to drink into one spirit. So this baptism is symbolic. Anybody, we we allow anybody to come through these physical doors. To come in and hear the glorious word of God. That door is not restricted. But the door into the membership of the church is restricted by thus saith the Lord. And this is the purpose. And this is the the proper reason to be baptized. To follow the Lord. You know, Jesus, He submitted to scriptural baptism, didn't He? He didn't need to be saved. He didn't need a single sin washed away. And scripture always refers to baptism as a like figure. Well, what we see is Christ was submitting to what the Lord would have him to do, and we follow him in submitting to what God would have us to do. Such a sad, sad thing. Remember my grandfather, he stated one time, he said, or he stated several times, somebody he talked to about salvation and being saved and being members of the Lord's church. And they said, well, I'll have to pray about being baptized and becoming a member of the Lord's church. You don't have to pray about it. God's word already tells us what to do. You just have to do what God's word said. And that is to put one's lamp on the lampstand. Whether it's through baptism or moving a letter or whether it's joining by statement. So here is again baptism. This is what the scriptures teach, this is what we believe. This is what we require. That you be the proper candidate, it'd be done in the proper mode, be done with the proper authority, and then be done with the proper reason. And if any one of those is not fulfilled when one is baptized, that baptism is invalid. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be done correctly. That's what our ancestors held to. That's why they were called Anabaptists. That's why we reject all baptisms that aren't done biblical. That aren't done in a scriptural fashion. It's because they don't honor God. So we pray that the Lord would help us that in the hours to come until the Lord returns that we might stand and shore up this landmark. Amen. This is, you know, the Bible says remove not the ancient landmarks. Well, this isn't the only one, but it's one of them. And it's been moved all over the place. It's been moved all over by Baptists for every reason under the sun except Scripture. Oh, we're going to do it for this person. Oh, we'll do it for this reason. We'll do it for that. Oh, we can bend the rules here. We can do this. i tell you, they, they cease to be the Lord's church. Amen. You cannot take in someone with a foreign baptism. And again, I, and I mean this, if you willingly, if you do it and you know that their baptism is unscriptural, If you take someone in, and this is why in the rarest of circumstances will we accept a statement. Because if you take someone in and they say they've got scriptural baptism, you better vet it. You better look into it. You better find out. You better call the church where they're at. And if nothing can be verified, it would behoove the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to say, we can't verify your baptism. You need to be baptized. And if someone says, "All oh, mine's as good as yours is, we can't verify it. And if they want to be a member of the church, they'll submit to the will of the church that says you have to be baptized. And if they won't, why would you want them to be a church member anyways? If they won't submit and come in the way the church says to, you think they're going to submit to the authority of the church or anything else? Absolutely not. They're already showing that they're going to disregard the authority of the church up front. <clears throat> Someone asked me, they said, what would you do if something happened and you had to move your membership to a church and they wouldn't accept your baptism. And I answered very quickly, I never thought about it before. I said, I want to be with Jesus. If the church decreed and said, we won't take you in on your statement, you have to be rebaptized. I want to be a member of the Lord's church. May there never be a time on this earth when you are not a member of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be outside of His will, having been saved by God's grace, and not be a member of His church. No, follow Him. Follow Him. And serve Him in and through His church. Let's have a word of prayer.